In this episode of the podcast, I spoke with Dr. Claire Hinsley, and I'd been lucky that I'd been able to have a private conversation with Claire previously, and Claire is a metaphysical counsellor, and basically, I'll let her describe what that means and what that is, And but we, we're talking about energy, and we're talking about the universe, and we were talking about joy, and uh, her book, The Happiness Warrior. And I really enjoyed it, and I'm looking forward to the opportunity when her and I can get to talk again. Good morning. Welcome to the David Watson podcast. Good morning. Thank you for having me. No, you're very welcome. Very welcome. I've been looking forward to this. I've been very, uh, very much so. Very much so. And just to give people some understanding you and I know each other via Riverside Publishing because we've both written books through them and yeah. uh, I wrote a book on reincarnation and, and you reached out to me about a month ago and just said hey could we have a chat about it and it, and it was a fantastic it was great to meet and then I said oh, I'd love to have you uh, on the podcast so thank you very much for coming on and I just while we, we're doing that one of the things um, I, I wanted to talk to you about is Actually, how did you get into all of this? Because you are a, a doctor of metaphysics, is that correct? Doctor of philosophy, master of metaphysics, yes. Yeah, so I, I don't even know where to start in understanding what that actually means. Um, I started as a child with uh, seeing and hearing uh, people that weren't of physical body. And that sort of led me into crystals, and I think it, the whole uh, experience scared me a little bit. So I shied away from it and moved towards crystals, and then followed the normal sort of socially acceptable engineering route. And I just was pulled constantly back to helping people. I would give them advice, and I, I didn't really know where the advice came from. It, it wasn't until I started studying metaphysics that I realized that there was a collective uh, and it's, it's just a barrel of information and guidance and divine guidance. And that sort of brought me, I, I was talking to people with this guidance and I didn't know where it came from and they were listening to me, but they wouldn't take it seriously. So I thought I need to get um, qualified in this. So I moved towards um, metaphysics and uh, found a course online and now qualified so what what is metaphysics kind of if if there's a description for it what is that it's very along the lines of eastern philosophy uh egyptian where it's it's a belief system that your mind is capable of manifesting things. So your thoughts are capable of manifesting your existence. Now, I've tested this uh, over and over and over, and it is true. Uh, and I really want to spread the word that if people change their perspective on their thoughts, they will change their, their life. So if people become more positive, and it really it isn't that difficult to just change your perspective on something and saying, actually, I like this, or I'm going to find something I like about this. Hmm. And then when you find things that you like, 
you all of a sudden start noticing more things that you like and that just makes you happier i mean if, if you're surrounded by things you like you're going to be happier yeah. one of the things i coach when i'm coaching um i coach people you know typically when people i i have two types of clients that that i've executives who just need some headspace and offloading or they're people that have come out of damaged relationships, narcissism and stuff like that. And with all of those people, I, I focus it on self-esteem, doing things that make you feel good. Oh, how do I know? Does it make you laugh or does it make you smile? No, don't do it then. And they like, it can't be that simple. No, no, it is. It, it is that, that simple. And I try and explain to them, it's, it's got to be heartfelt. You know, if, if you, if something, it doesn't have to make you want to do cartwheels, you know, because sometimes it can just be sheer contentment. I just feel really relaxed and at peace when I, I just take time for myself. And, and I encourage that. And I said, and then when you have friends or people and they suggest something, there's a difference between nervousness and mistaking that for excitement and understanding when you just, no, I, I don't really want to do that. And I'm feeling a bit peer pressured. I said, and as soon as you feel that bit of peer pressure, that's when you have to stand up for yourself and say, actually, it's not for me. I don't want to do that. And if you continually do that and make that your, your daily habit, your routine in your life, you will discover these new experiences with new people and some, some of the same people. And, but you'll discover what really makes you happy and where your joy really lies. But people, they won't buy into it because they think it's too easy. And you just like, well, it's actually, it is that simple, but it's incredibly hard because you have to break cycles of thinking, cycles, patterns of the way you think. And, and sometimes we all get a little embarrassed about what we might believe in or what we're passionate about because it's not shared by everybody else and we want that peer approval. And you says, no, no, you've got to, that's the battle. That's what you've got to step out of that. Actually, this is what I enjoy and I want to go and do that for myself. And when you start, the more you do that, the more you kind of get in tune with who you are and what you really like. And weirdly, just to give a personal example, I discovered this quite a few years ago now um, in that because I like drinking coffee and I discovered this passion. And I can only describe it as a passion. It's, I used to love just sitting in coffee shops and watching the world go by. And I used to just, when I wasn't at work, I'd take half an hour um, a day sort of thing and just chilling and sometimes i'll just take a booking but knowing that i had that half hour to myself was life-changing i mean now i have my own coffee machine because of lockdown and stuff i just until i wasn't going to get into that uh yeah i, I couldn't go about the coffee i'd got too much into that so <clears throat> but it is and it, it was that simple thing was a huge change for me about sort of seven or eight years ago yeah, I, I expect it's easy to look at, um, to, to people watch. We, we do find it, I, I think mm -hmm. every human finds it fascinating to try and get into the world of that person that's walking past you. What, what are they doing? What are they thinking? But it's easier to do that with somebody else than it is to do it to ourselves. <laughs> because this is the weird thing is because I was lucky that I noticed what a big difference it made for my mental health. It just, and I never, very rarely did I ever want anyone to be there with me. I just wanted that half an hour, maybe an hour sometimes, depending, to just chill 
just 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 me i don't and i discovered that became more valuable to me than having a pint with my friends just no no i normally typically i'd finish the gym then walk to a coffee shop and just go and grab a coffee and just sit quietly and for whatever reason that really made a massive difference to me and that's when i started to in practical terms started to understand it's we think it's trips around the world or trips of a lifetime that's gonna no it's not it's the real simple things doing the the really simple basic daily practices that can make the most significant difference in your life it's it's having an awareness of the present moment when you were sitting in the coffee shop you were aware you weren't thinking to the future you weren't thinking to the past you were present and life is just a series of present moments when we start looking into the future or looking into the past we get anxiety or depression because our mind is not supposed to be there it is supposed to create it's supposed to imagine for the future and use the lessons of the past not dwell on the past or not get anxious about the the numerous possibilities that the future could hold i mean we have millions and millions of thoughts going through our head all the time i like to say to people if one of those thoughts was correct then you could probably win the lottery because you'd know the numbers instantly those thoughts are, are generally junk thoughts. Most of them are created from our environment. The things that we see, the things that we've been taught, they're not actually who we are. So over the process of our life, we've lost who we actually are. And when we become present, when we sit in that coffee shop, we find ourselves for a few moments and that becomes a meditative state. It is actually a light meditative state. You could walk outside and admire a tree just being present, looking at that tree, that is a meditative state. Yeah, absolutely. People, people often, um, I, I say this to people, um, that people often misunderstand what meditation is. And, and meditation is just anything where you're not distracted about everything else. It, it doesn't matter whether you're reading a book, watching your favourite soap, playing golf, or just having a walk. If you're not distracted by everything else, especially things that aren't present, well, then that's a meditative state. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've been taught from day one uh, in, in the education system, you, you've got to work the year to get to the next grade. And then you work that year to get to the next grade. You're always trying to achieve the next thing. You're not actually noticing what you're achieving at this point. And rarely do we look back on our life and go, wow, look how yeah. far I've got. We're constantly, we, we, we're like, turned we're blinkered to only look forward and to only concern ourselves with the things that are so far in the future and the ultimate possibilities of of what can never happen or what could possibly happen instead of just being happy no it's it's true because i mean you mentioned something earlier about with the when people you know they they imagine winning the lottery or something and and i say to people when i'm when i'm coaching it's just like if you were honest do you really want to win the lottery and they're like, yeah, yeah, definitely. And of course, everyone in a, to a degree does want to win the lottery, you know. But when you ask them why, it's not about winning the lottery at all. It's about feeling safe and secure. It's about having a mortgage paid off. It's about not having to go to work. It's about having choices, you know. But most of the choices that they wish for 
come from a place of stress because they feel that they're constantly having to battle to pay their bills and you know and to support a lifestyle and it's just like you realize if you won millions you'd still have the same battles because you would you would still have this money that you now have to manage for the rest of your life yes i mean when when you uh look forward and when, when you sort of think about the bills and you get distracted by there you you are actually lowering your energetic mm. vibration everybody everything is made up of energy and when you concern yourself uh worry stress you're lowering your vibration and when you do that you're stopping any creativity you're stopping a clarity of mind because you're thinking about something else and how can you actually evolve if you don't have any clarity or if you don't have any creativity that's why you see the people who are really successful, they take risks. And yes, they do. They are afraid of taking risks, but they have this feeling, this belief, and they set their mind to it. And their mind actually manifests the outcome because they are focused on that. Yeah. And that's all they want to do. And then they just keep working towards it, working towards it. And all this time, this energy, this thought energy of um, I'm going to make this work, I'm going to make this happen is actually physically manifesting within their life. Yeah. And going back to uh, something we've already said, it, these people, when they do that, it's always something that's heartfelt. They're not trying to do it for, for, for any altruistic reason. They're not trying to fix somebody else. They're not trying to impress somebody else. It is genuinely a passion. And, and that's why they're able to have, in some, to some degree, that's why they're able to have that single focus because they are genuinely following their passion. And I do think that gets misunderstood when people say, oh, if you follow your passion, you'll never need to work again. No, not if your passion is jigsaws. You know, it is. But what it, it does mean is if you stick to what you're passionate about, what you love doing, you will have a very happy, content life. And you won't be yeah. distracted by things that don't really bring you any meaning or give you any feeling of purpose. Yeah, I, I call that passion. Basically, it's a feeling from the heart. It's it's a, a sign from your instinctive self, from your soul, from the universe to go forward and, and do this uh, for yourself or for the service of others. When we, we get stuck in the egoic type of thinking, which is, oh, I have to do that because the neighbor has done that, or I have to do that because I have to prove myself to somebody else. Those things that we follow always become really difficult <laughs> yeah. they, they tend up they tend to, to end up sort of bringing us more stress because we're competing against somebody else this isn't a competition we're all connected and we should all be growing together and we should all be doing things that we love because that helps us grow helps us be creative absolutely and one of the things that um people find it very hard to understand even though it happens to them is that when when they purchase something or do something trying to impress somebody else, those people are never as impressed as you wanted them to be. And then that leaves you with a very deflated feeling because they was like, no, 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 you know, because in your head you have kind of created this manifestation of how excited and impressed they're going to be. But it, it wasn't heartfelt. And because it wasn't heartfelt and because it wasn't, their heartfelt it's never going to live up to the expectation that you've placed on it 
Yeah, definitely. I, I, I use um, birthdays as an, as an example because um, people look forward to it, or holidays, people look forward to it for their whole year, uh, and that's the day that they're actually going to be present. <laughs> yeah. not, they're not going to be present in, in any other day because they're looking forward to that holiday or that birthday. And that's the day where they're going to take control of what they want to do. So it becomes a wonderful day or a wonderful holiday. And you could have the same things. You, you could have somebody run into your car or something while you're on holiday. And it's not as bad because you're still present and you've still built up this mindset of I'm going to enjoy this. Regardless. Yeah. There's, what's it? I've forgotten the the actual term for it, but there's a thing called the holiday sunset. Holiday sunset, and of course, it's it, it's the the philosophy of the sun is the same wherever you are. But when you're stood uh, on holiday and you see that sunset, it suddenly looks more beautiful. Then the next day, you're stood at the bar, and you see the sunset, and it looks more beautiful again. And then the day after that, you're stood at the bar with a drink. And they say, oh, it looks so beautiful. And then you're there with a drink, a cigar and good company, you know, and, if, and eventually it doesn't look good enough because <laughs> there's always been this new thing you've had to add or, or you have to go to another beach or get another setting. You know, with, you know th these things are beautiful. You know, when you're on holiday, you're always in a, a much more relaxed, present state to be able to appreciate them. But it is still the same sun that you wake up with and you go to sleep with. And... It's that the the not being able to place yourself in the the pleasure of the sun wherever you are, whenever you are, and appreciate it for what it is. Yeah, most definitely. I think um, when you were talking about uh, earlier how how people want to feel safe, uh, yeah. they want to feel comfortable. Uh, that that really is, as far as I'm concerned, how connected you are with your own soul or with your own universe uh, or with your own heart. Uh, with your own sense of peace, if you're almost living outside of your body and, and everything uh, that brings you joy is coming from outside, you're always going to have an empty hole in your heart because you're not fulfilling the things um, that, that make you joyful. But when you do fulfill the things that make you joyful, you do find a sense of peace. You find a safe place. It's okay to be yourself. You become more confident. You can go out into the world and share your creative ideas. If you're constantly living outside of yourself for other people, you, you can't do that and you, and you don't feel safe. So I think the, the feeling safe, everybody wants to feel safe. I, I, yeah. I spent uh, my childhood, was moved around quite a few times, and, and I always had this deep sense of I just want to find my home. I, I need to find my home. Uh, and it didn't matter where I lived in the world. And I lived in California. I lived in uh, England. I lived in all numerous places. Uh, I just never felt comfortable. There was something missing. And uh, I, I did this meditation and, and I went down this dark hole and uh, I found this deeper connection to something else. And it was at that point, and this only happened a few years ago. Uh, I've been searching for 40 odd years. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I, thought, I thought, no, this is my home. This is the feeling that I've been searching for. And I'm actually getting goosebumps now uh, because I, I feel a lot of things. And it was just 
the, the release, uh, I didn't have to search anymore. It was within me. I, I carried it my whole life. I always had it with me, but I was just unaware of it. Uh, these sorts of things, we're not taught in school. We're not taught no. how to find ourselves, how to be comfortable. I mean, I, I remember when you said that, I remember a friend of mine, who was a Christian friend of mine, um, who said to me, it must be close to 20 years ago. And he said, if, if you can, if you never, if you never lose God, you'll never be alone. And I kind of thought about that and I was just like, yeah. And although I was raised as a Catholic, I, you know, I, I've kind of moved into the spiritual realm of life. And, but it did resonate with me because whenever I feel that I do belong to something that's greater than myself, but comes from within inside, I never do have any fears of feelings of loneliness. I always feel quite grounded in that and that I belong somewhere. But it's when I lose that connection, that's when I start getting anxious, that's when I start worrying about the future, that that's all of my stresses and worries come from. And it's not just about not being present, because I can feel that connection and imagine my future and, and, and play about with what I would want my future to be or what I might have been in a past life or something like that, you know. But it's when I feel disconnected from it. And it's just like, oh, right you know that this isn't good and and then if anything i will then panic trying to find the connection which is the exact opposite of what i need to do yeah and yeah definitely yeah i, I mean uh the, the nice thing about metaphysics is it, it's not uh, any specific religion and it um it, it accepts that there is a, a name for whatever the uh higher uh, consciousness or higher being yeah um, you've got the native americans uh that, that are sort of referred to the great spirit or nature um you know we christians sort of uh god or or, or uh, all manner of different names it's just it, it doesn't matter uh it, this isn't again it's not a competition it, no. it's just finding that inner universal whatever you want to call it source and also i think when like one of the things I think religions get a bad stick for is when you break down or pretty much, I've never seen a religion that is an exception to this, but when you break it down to its fundamentals, they're all exactly the same. They're all a basic guidance on living a good life. Yes. Yeah, do you know what I mean? And I don't know if you've ever read them, the um, Neil Donald Welsh Conversation with God book. Um, he wrote three. They're very insightful. And I think it was in book one where he asked God, so, so to give some reference, Neil Donald Welch was a guy, I think it was in the 90s, who was having a very bad time with life and he was getting really pissed about life and how life was working out. So he, he sat down and wrote a letter to God. And to his surprise, he heard God reply to him. And he, he then carried on writing these letters, which became a book. And one of the things he wrote to God about was just like, you know, what was the meaning of the Ten, the ten Commandments? He's like, well, I never said they were commandments. Why can't they just be like ten basic guidelines on how to live your life? You know, like don't don't cover thy neighbour. Do you know what I mean? Like thy neighbour's wife. You know, I'm just saying it's not good practice in society to be chasing someone else's partner. You know, <laughs> and things yes. like that. And it's just like it was as simple as that. 
He said, it's, it's just like, why do you guys have to be like so fanatical and not, and not just like, you know, live and let live. And the, 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 the fundamentals of all of these philosophies or religions, whatever you want to call them, they all have their roots in exactly the same place. And, and none of them change. It's just over the, they evolve with interpretations over the years. And before you know, it's just like, well, I'm not sure that's what it meant originally. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I, when when you talk about um, people and, and going and uh, one of the commandments, sort of uh, stay with your own partner, don't don't yeah. stray. I mean, it, you you really have to look at where are we being influenced to actually stray. Is that is that a natural uh, thought, or is that something that comes from movies and TVs yeah. and something that we see, something external from us that is not actually a, a natural instinct of our own? We, we are being programmed, we are being trained to to, to shy away from all of those uh, morals, to to not be um, pure and happy to the neighbor. Uh, everything sort of teaches us uh, that, that's outside of us. Um, that, that we should be bad people, but we know naturally we are good. That's it, and and it's, it's like you say, it's, you know, if you get into a partnership with someone, the commandment is really sort of suggesting to you that look, if you guys commit to this, commit in the good times and the bad, and be a partnership where you both trust each other to have each other's back and look after each other and take care of each other, you know. And as long as you both commit to that you will both find a way to always work together, always be together and to always trust each other. And when one of you is feeling down, the other one will be able to take up some of the weight, you know, and, and it's, it's not, and people are like, well, it means you shouldn't be, no, no, forget divorce and things like that. It's, it's the same before any of that should ever become a thing. Don't enter into the partnership unless you can both equally respect what the other person brings. Yeah. And all of these things with what gets lost. Yes, we, we are uh, we are like the ocean. Uh, sometimes there are big crashing waves yeah. and sometimes it's it's calm uh, that we don't have a, a, a full flat line. I think we'd get bored. So we, we do need the ups and downs. But um, big teaching in metaphysics is to reduce those ups and downs, to make them more level so they become more manageable, so you're not um, bouncing around uh, yeah. so much because that's when life can get quite difficult. So if you just take the sting out of the negative and you sort of you don't go um, so adrenaline at, to, to find the positives, you don't go to such far lengths to find the positives, and, and you just look outside the window and go that's beautiful uh, and that's great no because no, i mean that comes back to like you know you could sit in your local field and enjoy the sunset you don't have to fly ten thousand miles to do it no. <laughs> i'm not saying don't fly ten thousand miles and enjoy and enjoy that scenery but if that's what you're banking on like you say working all year or five years for that one dream holiday before you oh this is so worth it well, how many moments along the way have you missed? Most definitely, uh, yeah. That, that's why I, I'm, uh, I've come to the understanding that um, time and space are constructs of this uh, three-dimensional world that we live in. So I, I don't believe uh, that um, 
if you go to a different place, uh, you'll be in a, a better situation. It is really about making your situation where you are better. Uh, I've had a few people come to me say they, they really dislike their, their jobs. Um, well, there's two things. First of all, if you, if you leave because you dislike it, you're most likely going to dislike your next job because you've gotten into this mind frame that you dislike things. So first of all, I would suggest trying to find the good things, trying to find the silver lining in what you do and make almost like a sense of uh, peace or a, a combination sort of that, that you join, you merge it mm. uh, and, and you find the happiness there. And then uh, if you still think you need to move on, move on. Because that um, there was something you said about the sunsets and and it applies to this as well. If you can really enjoy and appreciate the sunset outside your window, wait to see when you get to that magical place where there's a sunset with a view, then realize how much you'll enjoy or appreciate that. And that's the same with work. If you, if you can appreciate where you are in your work now, and like you say, find those silver linings and appreciate what it does, what, how you can enjoy it. When the next job turns up, you'll really appreciate that. But if, you, if you're going from a place of, I hate this, I hate this, I hate this, it's going to follow you. I mean, we used to, yes. I used to have this saying when um, I used to work in the car trade and I worked for quite a few different organisations. And it was very common for, for us to all say, it didn't matter who you worked for, it was the same shit, different roof. <laughs> yep. And that, that, that's what we used to say. And it's because it's true, we knew didn't matter who, which company you worked for, which manufacturer, customers were customers, cars were cars. They were going to break down. People were going to be disappointed. So the, the, honestly, it, there was no difference. The manufacturers all had their own philosophies, but the people that were dealing with the complaints, no, it's the same. It, it same shit, different roof. And that was, and when I think about it now as I'm saying that, because when you said that, it just popped it back into my head for the first time in 20 years. I was just like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. We to take the same attitude wherever we went. <laughs> but yeah, if you're constantly thinking uh, this is a bad thing, uh, or or I'm, I'm, I'm all I see is complaints, that that is all you're going to see, and you're wasting valuable thought energy on the lower vibration negative things when you could be just sitting quietly <clears> for a second, <throat> waiting for that next person to come up and speak to you, and realizing what they are going to say to you is something extremely relevant to your life. They might give you a, a little story about something that you think, oh, I need to go and look at that, or I want to do some research on that. Or you, you could be walking down, you could be thinking something, and uh, you could see a feather float well, down. Yeah, I mean, to be, with reference to that job, predominantly my role was to deal with complaints. <laughs> but the thing that I discovered in hindsight which if I had had great awareness of the time may have led me in a very different direction of life is I had, I was very skilled at dealing with people when they were upset, angry or emotional. And that's why I was good at what I did. And I was good at solving problems for people and help finding out actually the problem was rarely the car. There was the problem that you were really managing disappointment. You were really managing expectation. You were really managing their concerns that if they didn't get their car back, how were they going to take the kids to school? Do you know what I mean? So, so the car w w was was just a prop that was it called... It was an excuse yeah. uh, for their own life issues. That, exactly that. It, it, and 
and it took me many years to realize the skills that I was learning and that I developed and that they were natural. Um, Cause then they're not, I, I didn't care what people say. I could, I could write a book on it. If, if it doesn't resonate with you, you're not going to learn how to deal with customers that, that way. And yes. had I understood that more, actually, no, if I just understood that at the time, I would have realized, cause now I coach people. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And it's it's the same. It to me, it's all just customer services. But had I realised that at the time, I could have probably made a more significant impact in customer services. Yes, uh, everybody expresses their own um, their own issues in in the way that they feel uh, comfortable or the way that they've been taught to. I mean, if you look at uh, priests or Buddhas or monks, um, who of them? Show me one that's angry. Show me one that yeah. gets frustrated. Uh, no, they, they don't. They, they have made peace with themselves. They are in a space, uh, in a vibration that they are happy with, that they are building. So they have no need to express anger or disappointment. Uh, when your life, when you're disconnected from your soul, uh, then you feel scared and you have to express that in the way of complaints. Yeah, and I mean... As we're talking, I'm, I'm getting these kind of weird epiphanies and realizations. Like, and some I kind of knew, but the impact of them is so. Like for reference, one of the manufacturers I worked for um, in the dealership was BMW, and this was up in North Watford. And th th they had this like customer feedback thing, and I never dropped out of the top one percent in the country, and I was always the highest satisfaction rate in the group of five dealers, right? Now, that's a remarkable feat, but I also had a reputation of being difficult to work with. And I also had a chip on my shoulder and was very angry. Now, had I actually been realized that how well, so I kind of knew like I was better than everybody else, but I had such a chip on my shoulder that I was being un not respected, unfairly treated and all of that, uh, that I had a reputation for being difficult to work with. Um, that I, I lived up to without a shadow of a doubt. No, n nobody ever wanted, I, I never approached with something, how can I lift everyone else up? How can I make progress? How can I do this? Which may have led on to bigger, greater things. But instead, I was always kind of stuck where I was because I was never flexible enough to see the skills that I had, the attributes. It was always, well, why didn't you just leave me to get on with it? Why can't I just be left alone? You know, you're shit at it. I'm not. Why don't you just shut up and listen to me? And managers don't like being spoken to like that. <laughs> Whereas I could have actually said, is there a way that I can help the organization um, with what I know? And, you know, is there a way that I can I can communicate this to you that might be of benefit to everybody else? Yeah, but no. I, I think what, what it sounds like to me is that um, when you were able to help and encourage these people on the phone, you, you were doing it uh, with a great connection uh, from source or from, you were doing it from an inner place. Yeah. And it was like, uh, this, is, this is your calling. You, you knew it. And, when, and you were very confident with it as well. And when you, you had the manager saying, oh, you, you need to get this amount or that amount. It, sorry, no, I, I am in my space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's you're, exactly you're what it's like. You're stopping me now. Uh, so just go away, uh, which probably made you look like you were difficult to, to work there. But actually, you were just in your space and you were, you were, you were on it. 
And uh, no, I I was quite arrogant. To do a minute, <laughs> I, I was good with customers. I, yes. I genuinely was good with customers. I wouldn't have been as done as well as I did without being good with customers. But I had a real arrogance towards people like my boss. So I'd just be like, I don't care because I know I'm right. And and there was what I wasn't able to do. And that came from a place of anger, disappointment in my own life and a chip on my shoulder. And what I wasn't able to do was communicate. Look, is look, I know what I'm doing, but what is it that I'm not communicating to you that gives you that assurance? Or do you know what I mean? Because there must... I think if I was able to approach that now, I would be looking at, it's different because now I manage in my other job and stuff like that, so I understand these principles a lot better, is what I could have sat down with people and said, look, this is how I get my scores. This is what people need to know. These are the do's and don'ts, and this is the way I approach it. You know, um, Is there a way that I can put this, I can help the, the dealerships with this? Can I lift us yes. all, you know, but I, I wasn't, it was just like, what, just, why didn't you just leave me to it? I know what I'm doing. I don't need your input, you know. But you, you have to look back on that now and think, you know, if you did uh, fall in line with the managers, then you might have become a manager yourself and you might have gone that path in life yeah. and never made it to this path that you're in now. This is it. Yeah. You know, it's just, it, it's as we were talking I realized there was that insight into where it was coming from, you know, and it was, yeah, it was the not able to see the silver linings. It was, you know, was the same shit, different roof attitude. <laughs> and there was all the anger and frustration that was connected to that as opposed to actually, do you know what? I'm, I'm doing a really good job. I'm helping lots of people. I wonder how I can make it better. Yeah, I, I think at that time, maybe you weren't as confident uh, and you, you found the management style quite oppressive. Uh, and, and instead of sort of trying to work with it, you just fought against it. I, I, yeah, possibly. And, and I think it was also at that time, I, just, I didn't believe in myself. Mm. As much as anything, I, despite the results, I, I didn't believe in myself. I didn't, probably because I never sat down and tried to figure out why I was so good at what I did. And because I couldn't articulate that, I, I was always doubting, doubting it myself, you know. Yeah, this is, and this is what we need to do with, with our past. We need to understand that was part of our past and it had valuable lessons for us and it enabled us to be where we are today so that anything that happens in the future, we know we survived the past yeah. So therefore, we're going to survive everything in the future. So we just sort of take the sting out of it a little bit and go, okay, this is just something that I need to deal with and, and not get as uh, anxious or aggressive uh, or annoyed as I did in the past because I've learned from that and it's got me here. So the future will get me further on and it will flow. So when we start to flow with things rather than fight them, uh, they become much easier to deal with. Absolutely. Just um, completely going off in a different direction because I can see it behind you. What's the crystal behind you? So this is a smoky quartz that I got um, from the uh, Rock and Gem show. And it, it's it's amazing. Uh, it's I made this uh, stand out of wood. I took um, quite a few days to drill it and it, it goes about three or four inches into there. But um, 
for me, it, it, it just shows everything. At, at the bottom, uh, it's, it's quite uh, earthy and uh, it's not got the, the, the beautiful shining crystal. So I think it represents life. As we start out, uh, we, we have to fumble around and, yeah. and start to understand who we are. And then as we go through the years of our life, we get up and we start to come out with these beautiful big crystals at the top. Um, it's very heavy. Yeah, I bet it is. I bet. <laughs> and I had to lift it and put it back while I was doing this. It was great fun, but um, it's just so beautiful. Uh, I, I love crystals, and yeah. that was my sort of um, right. This is this is my metaphysics. Now that I'm qualified, I'm going to get myself a nice big crystal and put it on a stand. And um, one day it will be in the middle of a, um, a healing center and all the kids can come up and, and touch it and uh, gain some positive energy from it. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm a crystal person myself. I love my crystals, you know. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think. There's quite a few in my office and I'm always surrounded by them. And I, haven't, I don't have a big enough office yet, um, but I've always had this um, one... They're there. I, I have this picture in my head. Um, I haven't seen it yet, but it's almost like a table-sized quartz. <laughs> it just sits in the middle of the room, and everyone just gets to sit around it, you know. And knowing me, it'll be a no-touch policy. <laughs> no, I, I encourage touching yeah. on this one. Um, I've I've got to the stage now where where I, I'll go. I don't need to go to the rock and jump shows. Uh, you, you can walk outside, you can walk to a beach, you, you can walk uh, to a park and you can pick up a, a special rock and that can be, um, yeah. you don't have to spend lots and lots of money on these things. The energy is going to come through, the healing is going to come through regardless. Yeah, I do. I try and say to people, because like, when I first started getting into crystals about sort of 20 years ago, um, I was buying every book you could read on them and their meanings and their stuff like that. And and I can't remember who it was, but a lady, I'm sure it was a lady, I can't remember her name. She just said, look, don't bother with any of that. She goes, next time you go and see, go looking for crystals, just walk around until something gets your attention. And then that would be the one that, that you should pick up. Don't, don't worry about, because I used to buy them like, which one's for positive, which one's for, for abundance. And I'd buy them all based on that. And she's just like, no, that's probably not what you need. That that's just some idea you've got, like it's a Rolex watch or something. Um, she said, just, just when you're walking around any crystal shop, she said, if nothing literally sounds like it's screaming at you, there's nothing in there for you. She goes, but when something you suddenly feel drawn to something, she says, don't worry if it's small, don't worry if it's big, don't worry about any of that, don't worry about its color. Don't even look up to see what it is. Just just pick it up and take it home and get to know it. And and don't, like she said, she said, and if you can, resist actually trying to find out what its meanings are, what its healing qualities are, because it just means it's something for you at that time. Yeah, most definitely. I, I, I think I did the same thing. I started off looking through the book going, well, that's the one I need. Yeah. And then I started sort of um, going and, and you, you have little boxes of um a hundred different types of crystals uh, and, and you just sort of run your hand over, oh, I'll get this. Then I'll go and look in the book and see what it means. And, oh, that's that's perfect. <laughs> yeah, and that, that's it. And um, so I do have a, a kind of a healthy collection of quartz. Um, and, yeah, quartz is a, is a big one for me. I have a lot of uh, 
clear quartz pointers and stuff. I, I just seem to like them, you know. Um, but crystals for a good few years were a big, big part of my life. And then I realized, um, actually, you, you're just buying these like possessions and, and you're not really spending any proper time with them. So, you know, so I stopped. I stopped there and then. Unless I happen to get an urge to go into a crystal shop, I, I don't. I've had a few leave me, which have been um, an interesting uh, experience. Ones that I had uh, that I wore for years and years and years that helped me, that, that sort of observed lots of difficult um, times in my life. Uh, almost all that energy sort of went into the crystal. And then uh, I lent it to a friend and uh, they lost it. And um, I, I never got it back. And I, I sort of thought, that's okay. Uh, yeah, I, that that crystal did its time with me, and uh, it's ready to move on to be somebody else. Uh, I've had that happen a few times. Yeah, I, <clears throat> the the only time I can really think about that happening is I used to do kind of like is it Mandela's those patterns, and I used to do yeah. them out of tumble stones, and I used to do lots of them, just temporary ones and stuff like that, and, and do all these. And I probably had about four hundred different types of tumble stones you know, um, um, or small crystals. And I used to carry them, they used to be in this big bag, and I left it with a friend. And I never saw that friend again. Not for not for any particular reason. There was no falling out or anything. We just kind of lost touch. And in terms of monetary value, there must have been about five, five six hundred quid's worth of small crystals in this bag. But oh. And they were into their crystals, and we used to do mandalas and stuff to get, you know. But I just never went back to that part of the country again and i it wasn't the first time i'd left them with them you know and i come back and then i take and then i'd take them home and practice and i used to do crystal healing with them and all of that sort of stuff um but yeah then they were down there one day and i just never went back down there and one day i realized we'd stop ringing each other and things like that and i i guess somebody's still got them <laughs> But yeah. like you say, I but I never I've never felt this urge that I have to go and get them back. No, and and this this happens with relationships, with friendships, mm. uh, a lot. Um, it, it's almost like uh, it, they were they were in your life for a purpose, and once that purpose was achieved, even if you don't understand that purpose, they they disappear as quick as they they came along. And yeah. I find that really interesting. And, and when we really need to understand why people are in our lives, and we just almost need to ask ourselves, what are they here to bring me knowledge, uh, to bring me love, to bring me, uh, what are they here for? Uh, because they're not put in front of you for a random reason. They are put there for a purpose to help you evolve. So Whenever we meet anybody, uh, we need to start asking why they're here. And, and that, again, brings you into a mindful now state of mind. And you're meditating and you're happier and you're not worrying about the yeah. future and you're not getting depressed about the past. Because you said that to me when we spoke before. Um, what was it? I'm trying to remember how you worded it. But when you meet somebody new, you said something to me, is it to ask yourself, is this person good for me or bad for me? Is yes. It, yes. Yeah. Is that, was, have I said that correctly? Is that what? 
Pretty much, yeah, yeah. You you really need to say, uh, are they? Uh, is there is there energy good for me or bad for me, or are they good for me or bad for me, or what are they doing here in my life? That um, there is a reason, and we need to try. And it might not, you you might not realize it for a few days. Yeah. Um, but if you if you ask yourself the question, what you're doing is you're inviting a um, a higher voice. Uh, to come to you and, and answer it uh, because we all have these abilities and that sort of questioning will open the door to these abilities and allow you to connect to your instinctive self more and then you find your safe place and then you become happy. I mean, it's a win-win-win. <laughs> it is. I mean, and that probably moves us along very nicely because you wrote a book called The Happiness Warrior. So yeah. are pointers like this in the book yeah yeah so in the happiness warrior it is focused on um people who who might not be very spiritually inclined who who, who don't necessarily um believe in in anything uh, but just want to find their own happiness so i've based it uh in western civilization and i go in into some past sort of examples of what has happened to us in within our life, uh, within Western civilizations, ha the things that have um, shaped us, molded us, how the education system works, how uh, the, the sort of materialism aspects have come in. So it, it's, so it's a book basically for beginners. Uh, on, on, I can understand this. This has happened in my life. I can see this. I can relate to this. And then it sort of brings you into the senses and you can get a sunburn uh, from the sun. You haven't touched the sun. The sun is X amount of miles away. You've had no contact with it whatsoever. So it's introducing the fact that there are things happening to us. We are affected by things that we can't touch. Maybe we can't see and maybe we can't feel. So it's opening up the senses to uh, whole new areas that we've never really explored before. And then it goes into the levels of consciousness. So you've got your conscious mind, which is, uh, we could either be running on autopilot and then we're not very present. Uh, and then you've got your subconscious and how the things that we're subjected to during the day sort of get stored in our subconscious and sometimes feedbacks to us. So if we consciously use affirmations like, uh, I am wonderful, I am wonderful, then that will program our subconscious and then it will get back to us saying, we are wonderful. And all of a sudden we'll go, I am wonderful. Yeah, uh, it is because um, one of the things um, when it comes to things like affirmations and stuff, um, when people talk to me about, well, I, I don't feel like that. No, no, because you're constantly telling yourself you feel like shit. And, and if, and the way I try and explain it to people is, well, one, if you don't feel comfortable with affirmations, you shouldn't be trying them. You know, if, if it's not something that resonates with you, why are you trying to do it? But you don't pick up a guitar and think you're Jimi Hendrix or you, that you can play it immediately. And anybody that plays, and I don't play a musical instrument, but anyone that does play a musical instrument knows that if you want to get really good at it, you're going to need to be practicing about an hour and a day for the next five years. And then you might be at a level where you say, yeah, I can play a guitar. 
you know, or I can play the piano. You know, it's to do with hours and days and stuff like that. And that that's the same with with, with anything. Um, I mean, I, I surf. Now, to anybody on the beach who sees me jump up on my board and catch a wave, they're like, oh, he can surf. But to anyone that actually surfs, it's like, mm, you're intermediate at best. Because they'll, they'll see all the clumsiness. They'll see where I'm not smooth. They'll see where I pick up the wrong part of the way. They'll see everything that I know, that I'm aware of. And yet, if you put it into hours and years, I've surfed thousands of hours for like nearly 10 years. But yeah, and and that's the same. And it's the same with with anything. It's you know, it's like, it's like ex, if if you've if you haven't been running for years, you're not going to sign up for a marathon and expect to be able to complete it. You wouldn't walk it, let alone run it. And it's the same with affirmations. If you've been telling yourself one thing for years, it's going to take a while, and there's going to be a lot of sort of some sort of shadows and clouds that need to need to clear because your your subconscious is going to challenge the change in thinking. Yeah, I, I, it's like everything that we do, whether it be learning to drive, whether it be learning to dance, uh, you, you do a few hours and uh, you might have an encouraging teacher. That's great. Uh, then you then you've got a few more months under your belt and you think, oh, uh, I did that wrong. But if you actually look back at the very beginning, you've yeah. moved so far, but we forget how far we've progressed because we're just thinking about the mistakes that we made at that point. So all of this, it, it all takes practice. And that's something that I try to drill in, uh, in the book. It, it is that we are our own experiments and we need to be using ourselves as, as an experiment. We need to sort of go, I'm going to practice this. I'm going to do it because you're not going to get better at anything unless you carry on doing it. One of the good things uh, about the way the senses work is they're very similar to to like muscle memory. Yeah. So if you went down to the gym and um, you you did, uh, I don't know, curls or something like that, you can tell I don't go to the yeah. gym. <laughs> then um, you, you're going to be able to lift a little bit more uh, the next day uh, and then and that's going to keep going. So mm. senses do the same thing. When, when we use a sense to pick up uh, or to connect with, with a higher place, it, it, we're strengthening it and it's going to become used more and more and it's going to become easier to use. And then it's going to become so natural that you don't even realize that yeah. you're using it. But that's, I mean, gyms are a good analogy because if you're in poor shape or overweight or something, you go into the gym, you feel awkward, you know, and, and you don't like it and you don't enjoy it, but you kind of, there's something inside you that pushes you to, to carry on. But then, who, who actually is making you feel awkward? Is that you because you're comparing yourself to the other people? Or is that actually the other people? Well, typically from my experience in the gym, it's you that's going to be feeling awkward because anybody that is a regular at the gym and, and will actually always respect you for getting in shape. Exactly. And will, and will encourage you because they know where you're coming from and they know how hard. So the reason that sometimes when you go into gyms that people don't always appear friendly is because they've been going, they've been turning up every day for five years, ten years, and you might just be one of many faces. And it's like, look, it's, it's just are you just trying to make yourself feel better for two weeks, you know. Let, let's, you know, but when they realise you're still there in three months' time, and you're getting fitter and you're getting in shape, they respect you massively, 
because you've shown the same commitment that they've had to show. And, but when, you know, like when people are out of shape and they turn up and it's, they don't want to do it and they say, oh, it's hard, it's difficult, it's difficult. But you keep persevering, you keep persevering. 12 months down the line, that person looks back and they're like, wow, I, I, I literally am now a different person. But it takes 12 months and it takes perseverance. And then if you want it to stay, you've got to maintain it. So you've got to carry on turning up, you know. But you'll only ever get into that place if you actually have a desire to have a physically healthy body, you know. Yeah. But we, we forget, um, you, you know, we could be, we've all had to do our, our learner stint yeah. uh, in, the, in driving the car. Um, we've all had to go through those awkward uh, stall moments with cars behind you. Uh, but we could be in a car behind a learner and um, get annoyed. But we were there once. Yeah. So we really need to sort of, that, that's a really good point where we can stop ourselves from our, our initial um, getting annoyed and lowering our vibration and just sort of smile and go, I remember the days when um, we used to be there. And you've just uplifted your vibration and you've made that experience better. It's really that easy to, to take the things in your life and just change your perspective on them. So, so anybody, I'm just conscious of time, but for anybody watching this, what would you like, you know, two tips, three tips, five tips, whatever, would you say, look, start with this? So I would say um, start being more mindful. Uh, don't let your mind wander. Realize that, that the majority of the thoughts that you have are not your own. They're not your pure self. They have come from outside. So really look at every reaction that you have and question it. Sort of catch yourself. Um, maybe just pinch yourself before you, you do, you react. Uh, and, and decide whether you want to react in, in an uplifting way or a depressing way. It really is that simple. So That's all I want. Yeah, so, so cause I mean, like, when people say, oh, catch yourself being more mindful, what do you mean by that? So becoming present, uh, almost questioning everything. I'm going to get annoyed at this. Uh, why am I going to get annoyed at this? Uh, am I going to get annoyed at this because it's going to cause me harm, or I think that that person is doing something stupid. If they're doing something stupid, why is it stupid? It might not be stupid for them, but it might be stupid for me. Why do I think it's stupid? Where does that information come from? And try to uh, almost delve into every, every sort of thought that you have as to where it's come from, uh, how it exists, and is it actually your own? And would they find this... Uh, some of this in the happiness warrior, all of this information. Yes. And yeah. that's available through Riverside Publishing, isn't it? It is, yes. It's available from Riverside Publishing. I've also got it on my um, website, www.looshloosh.co.uk. Um, and I will put all of those links in the description. Thank you very much. Thank you. Have a great day, won't you? Yes, and you.